Hi friend, do you ever need to create marketing materials easily? Whether you need to make flyers or artwork for your blog, your podcast, or any number of different things, check out Canva. Go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva. That's C-A-N-V-A. I've been using the free version of Canva for many, many years, and I recently upgraded to the pro version, and it's awesome. So go to findyourflow.com forward slash Canva to learn more. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Finder Flow radio show podcast. I'm your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special episode. Today's episode is how to set good New Year's resolutions. Why is this important? Well... As I'm recording this, it is coming up on a new year. It's a very exciting time of year for me, and uh, I know a lot of other folks really enjoy this time of year. It's a good time to reflect upon what we've accomplished or not accomplished this year and what we are looking forward to accomplishing the year coming up. And so I want to talk about what makes a good New Year's resolution because I find that People don't always know how to set good resolutions, and there are certainly things that can help make it more or less obtainable, more or less realistic. And what's the difference maybe between a resolution and a goal? Um, I think they're pretty much the same thing for myself personally. You resolve to do this thing if you are setting a goal and you resolve to set it, to hit it, then it's a resolution, okay? Happens to be a goal that's set around the end of the year, going into the new year, that's kind of the idea, I think. So let's talk about uh, what is not a good goal. First, setting unrealistic goals. This is probably a big one, one of the biggest ones, I think, that I see. And so in case you're new to the show, I'll give you a little context. So I am a uh, full-time internet marketing consultant. I do this for business owners that are trying to become real estate investors or already are real estate investors that want to expand their business presence online, build their business. And so I work with hundreds of business owners every year, helping them build their, their business. And so we do a lot of goal setting. And I get to see the wide spectrum of goals that people set for themselves. And I always, I'm I'm very patterns and process and systems oriented. So I'm always looking for the patterns. What patterns do people have that actually hit hit their goals? Which patterns do I recognize of folks that do not hit their goals? So that's where this experience and my perspective is coming from. Of course, feel free to uh, disagree. However, I would encourage you if you, you know, do your homework, right? Don't just guess I'm wrong because maybe you disagree with one thing I say. Uh, You know, do some research on yourself. So that's my little uh, two cents and soapbox right there. So getting into goal setting, one of the biggest things that I say most people do is they just over, they over, um, they're overconfident, and not overconfident necessarily. They, they maybe just don't have a good sense of what is possible or realistic for them. And 
as a coach slash consultant, it's, um, you know, it's a little bit of a tricky thing, right? Because part of my job is to encourage them and support them in their dreams and their goals, right? Not be the naysayer that's like shooting down their hopes and dreams. That defeats my job purpose. I want to help them and encourage them. I want them to dream big and act big. And I want them to grow and expand themselves beyond their comfort zone, right? So there's that part of it. And then there's the part of it that says, man, that is a really big audacious goal and good freaking luck, right? There's that, that critic in my head that says like, yeah, you guys are dreaming, right? Um, sometimes. But, I, but I, I recognize that in myself and I, I'm quick to catch it because that, that's part of my training. That's part of my goal is to not judge, right? Is to hold an open space for them. So then what my next thing to do is, is to, okay, great, I like that. Let's, let's talk about that. What steps are you gonna take to make this into a reality? How do we break this goal or this resolution down into actionable steps so that it becomes an actual business plan instead of just like a dream or a hope or something we, you know, we talk about, get excited, and then we never ever can accomplish or never, you know, we get so frustrated or overwhelmed by the size of it that we never start it, which is a very common thing, especially when we talk about resolutions, right? People start resolutions every year and then they, they often never follow through for very long. Uh, some most people probably don't even start most of them and then once you do a uh, few follow through for enough time to hit their actual goal and get the results that they're looking for so what's the difference that makes the difference well first and foremost again i think having a sense of the reality now sometimes you you just don't know what you don't know so you have to start somewhere right you got to set some kind of goal so, um, you know, I'm going to be referring a lot to to examples, you know, student examples that I have just because I think it's the easiest framework for me personally to try to share some of these goals, some of these ideas that I want to share with you today. So, um, you know, so it's going to be, I'm going to be talking about real estate investing and business, but this really pertains to anything. It could be health, it could be relationships, it could be, you know, any number of things, okay? So... I get a, a new student, they're a new business owner. They're launching their real estate investing business. They've never done a real estate deal in their life. And people are encouraging them. Hey, go for the gold, shoot, shoot the moon, you know, you're going to be great, you're a success, you can do it. Okay, great, I'm going to do 20 transactions this year, make a million dollars, and, you know, and it's going to be awesome. It's like, okay, cool, that sounds great. Is it possible? Yeah, it's totally possible. There are people who do it. And I do not know if this is going to be one of those people or not. And it's not for me to decide. Right? It's not for me to judge. That's not my place. That's not my role. So, so I encourage them. Okay, great. What's that look like? What are you going to do that's going to make this happen? How, how much time do you have to dedicate to making this happen? Oh, well, you know, I work a full-time job, so uh, this isn't full-time, and uh, so I can put five hours a week into it. Okay, so five hours a week, you're going to make a million dollars this year. Have you ever made a million dollars before? No. Okay. Um, have you ever done a real estate transaction before? No. Okay. Do you have any real estate experience? No. Okay. So we've got this person with no prior experience that is setting a, a pretty audacious goal. So how do we bring this, reel them in? How do we 
kind of bring them back down to earth. Okay, yeah, you, you don't know anything about real estate. Um, there's some stuff to learn. You know, there's taxes, there's uh, entities, there's lingo and um, strategies and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? All these different pieces that go into this thing that you, you know, when they're new, they just don't, they don't know, they don't know. Okay. So the job comes, okay, great. Like, you know, how, how, okay, let's, so then I got to break it down for them, right? That's part of my job. It's like, okay, let's make this real. Let's make this actionable. Um, are you aware that in order to get a real estate deal, in order to buy a house, to be able to, to fix it up and flip it, you're probably going to need to um, write an offer before you can purchase the house. Would you agree? Yeah, of course. Okay, great. So you got to write an offer. Well, guess what? Have you ever heard that um, not every offer works out? Sometimes you make an offer, deal doesn't, it's not a good, it turns out to not be a deal. Yeah, sure, we've heard that. Okay, have you heard that maybe sometimes it takes, you know, as many as 20 offers or more to get a deal? Yeah, yeah, we have heard that. Okay, great. So I'm, I'm you know, helping them, I'm starting to, to make this a real thing, right? And I'm leading them down a path. Obviously, I've got a, I've got a destination in mind, but it does no good for me to just hey, you're you're that's a huge goal, that's an insane goal. It's possible, but uh, highly unlikely, given that you don't know anything about anything yet, right? That would not be beneficial for the student. That would be jerky of me and irresponsible. So for me, the job is to help them answer their own questions, to discover what is realistic for them. Okay. So, hey, you've never done this before? Great. Okay, you understand it's going to take about 20, 25 offers to get a deal, let's say. You agree? Yeah. Okay, cool. Have you written any offers at this time? No, no, we haven't. Okay, so you've never written an offer. So your chances of doing a deal at this point are pretty much zero. I don't say that one usually. That's just kind of the, the implication, right? I'm implying that. Um, so, okay, great. Now, based on that, um, you know, what's it going to take before you are ready to write an offer? Oh, well, gosh, we're not ready to do that yet. We, you know, we don't have fund, funding lined up. We haven't finished uh, studying about how to, you know, how to write an offer or, you know, what to do with this and that. Okay, great. So there's going to be some education that you still need to obtain before you even get to the part where you write the offer. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, perfect. So now, already we've started to start putting some qualifications around this and build some steps around this. Okay, you're going to do 20 deals this year. Great. you got to write some offers to do that. Yes, we agree. Okay, you don't know how to write an offer, so that's going to be probably step one, learn how to write an offer. Okay, boom. Well, here's here's where the curriculum, you're going to study this. This is where you go for that, and go go do it. Okay, that's your first action item. Then we get back together on our next call, and it's uh, we're, we're moving a little further down the, this, you know, plan here. All right, you've uh, – so – after you've learned how to write some offers, you've learned how to write an offer, um, how do you know if a, a property is even worth writing an offer on? How do you know if the numbers make sense? We got Well, we got to analyze it. Yeah, do you know how to analyze a property? Well, we're, you're, we're still learning that. Okay, great. So, and before we know if we even have a deal or not, we have to know how to analyze it. And uh, that's a process, right? Something, that's a skill. You got to develop that skill. That's going to take some time. So, go out and develop that skill. That's step two. Okay, boom. So then they do that, all right? So so we're we're laying out this plan together and looking at what the steps are and then they are going and executing these steps. So we see the big picture goal. Now, 
granted, uh, at this point, depending, you know, and every call is different, right? I'm, I'm making pretty broad generalizations here, but this is kind of the, the process. And this is a process you can use with yourself. If, if you, now let's say you're trying to figure something out that you've never done before, and so you don't know how realistic it is, right? They don't know that the chances of them doing this um, based on the fact that they only have five hours a week to put in their business, um, you know, it's going to make it hard. Not impossible, but it's going to make it challenging. So where as you know, okay, then, you know, maybe this has already taken a couple months for them to get to the point where they know, okay, now I know how to write offers. Now I know how to uh, analyze the deal. Okay, boom, we're through the first quarter of the year. So uh, do you, now let's revisit that goal. You want to do 20 deals. Well, if you want to do 20 deals and we know it's going to take 20 offers on average or 25 offers, let's say, to be conservative per deal, uh, 25 times 20 deals, well, that is uh, 1,000 offers. That's a lot of offers. So, and, and now we're a quarter into the year, right? So we got only um, eight months left. So if we have eight months and we're supposed to write a thousand offers to hit this goal, that means you got to be writing. I don't know. Somebody do the math. However many deals, how many ever offers that? It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know how many it is, right? Okay. So let's break it. And I'm driving, so I'm not going to break out this calculation. So if I screw up the math, friend, is just Go along with me, okay? So let's say that that comes out to, let's see, 8 times 4, 32, uh, let's, whatever. Let's say it's 100 or 20. Let's say it's 20 offers a week. It's going to be more than that. I think it's going to be like 30. But let's just say that, okay? That's a heck of a lot. Because guess what, friend, as I'm, as I'm consulting them, hey, so uh, you know, are you going to write an offer on every property? Now, some people say, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to blast out thousands of offers and, you know, I'll get one eventually. And that's true. Yep, you do that, uh, you'll get one eventually. But how are you going to know what to offer? You do, you're just going to give the same offer to everybody or are you going to put some time into analyzing that deal? Well, if you're going to put some time into it, how much time? Right? At what point does it? are you wasting your own time because you, you haven't qualified the lead first? Right, so then we start getting, we start breaking this down, and we start getting more and more real. <laughs> we get it real. We get real on these calls, friend. Because guess what? That's my job is to help them make this a reality. We're taking it from being their dream, their vision, into reality. And there are certain steps as we are discovering through this process. And I, I'm not telling them necessarily what these steps are. I'm helping them figure these steps out for themselves. Right for themselves, and so this process we go through—it's a—it's a process, it's your journey, and so at some point they kind of start figuring it out. Oh man, yeah, that's. And you've written how many offers? Okay, we're we're four months in. You haven't written any offers, or three months in, four months in, and you haven't written any. And now uh, we we've got to get you to the point where you're writing thirty a week. And oh gosh, if we're actually gonna do any kind of analysis. Um, you know, that's going to be, uh, you know, one to two hours each. Well, that's 30 to 60 hours a week and you have five. So at this point, this should be seeming like this isn't going to, that we need to adjust something. Either you need to quit your job or you need to hire somebody else who can make these hours for you, or maybe we need to adjust that goal, right? So this is the process that I take people through as we are setting goals. 
we're getting clear about what is realistic based on their resources, their time, their knowledge, their energy, their money. And we're starting to set some real actionable goals that they can actually achieve. And this alone is a tremendous value for most of them, right? Because now they can start to see, well, gosh, yeah, that, that first goal was pretty uh, unrealistic. But imagine what a heartbreak it would be. You know, it's so much harder to take action if you just have no idea where to even begin. Where do you even begin to do 20 transactions if you've never done one? I don't know. It just magically happens. That's kind of like the, the idea that many people kind of think. It's like, oh, I'm just going to – it's just somehow, well, the, those guys are doing it. Yeah, well, those guys have been doing it for, uh, you know, 20 years to get to that point. Are you going to be able to do it in your first year? Probably not, right? Same thing with health and fitness. Let's change up the, the genre here. So health and fitness. I want to lose weight, okay? So I'll take, again, a personal example here. So two years ago, a year and a half ago, I wanted to lose, I guess it was just over a year ago. Shoot. Um, no, no, it was probably about a year and a half ago. And I, uh, I was much heavier than I wanted to be. I'd put on weight while Elena was pregnant with our second child. And I just, uh, you know, she'd had the kid and we still were overweight. And I was not happy about it because I didn't feel good. And I wanted to lose it. So I set a goal, okay? Now, I didn't set a crazy goal. I'm, and I'm some, I'm a very aggressive goal setter a lot of times, right? Like I, I do set aggressive goals. So I want to put that out there and be honest, like, that I, you know, I do. I set um, reach goals and stretch goals and whatever you want to call them. Um, but I also put together a plan for, for hitting them, and I'm really good at following through. That's one of my skills, okay? And it's because I've developed, you know, a good process around this. So that's what I'm trying to share with you. So I realized, like, okay, I'm, you know, 40, 50 pounds overweight, and I want to lose this weight, but I'm going to give myself, I was 38, I was like, I want to have six-pack abs by the time I'm 40. That's my goal. Because just losing the weight, as exciting as that was, like, why do I want to lose the weight? What's my burning desire for wanting to lose this weight? And this is another hot topic, and I've done a podcast or seven on this, burning desire. My burning desire was that I never fully really had six-pack abs. I've always had people say, oh, you're too skinny, you're too thin, blah, blah, blah. But I never had freaking abs, no matter how skinny other people thought I was, and that always was bothersome for me so anyway so i was like okay i'm gonna do it for real let's figure this out i'm gonna dial it in i'm getting up there in age it sure as heck has not been easier to keep weight off as i've gotten older so that sucks so i have to figure this out now because the older i get it's probably just going to keep getting harder i realize right so i made the goal i'm gonna lose this weight and i'm gonna have six pack abs by the time of 40 so i gave myself about a year and a half to do it and so I started dieting and not dieting like crazy diets like, you know, I just started studying it. Like what do people do to lose weight and keep it off? And what is it, how can I make this into a system that I could do every day and keep it achievable? And I started finding things that work for me. And I started testing things. I started counting calories. I started counting, um, yeah, that was a big one. That was a big one. Counting calories for me was huge. It's like, wow, if I eat less than I burn, and I'm not burning nearly as many as I hoped I would because I sit at a desk all day now, well, 
I really don't need to eat that much food to keep my same weight. Depressingly little food, actually, as it turned out, right? And, oh, shoot, I could actually skip, like, seven of the meals I eat and still maintain my same weight. How much does that suck? Well, it sucks a lot. But eventually, it sucked less and less as I developed a habit around it. As I developed new routines, it became easy and automatic. And actually, I feel a thousand times better now that I eat less. I don't eat breakfast, and I don't snack all through the night. It's amazing. And I've been holding my, uh, my ideal weight for months now. I don't know how long. So the process was something I was developing over time. As I was studying and getting more information, I was able to refine my goals. So my goals did change because once I lost, I started losing weight and I lost a lot. And then I got to a point where I was like, okay, well, where are my abs? Why don't I have six pack abs yet? And I got, I was like, well, I got to lose more weight. So I just kept losing and I, I surpassed my goals. Like, shoot, I'm lighter now than I even was before I lost, before I put the weight on. And I still don't have abs. This is, then it was like kind of like almost a little scary in all honesty. Because it was like, man, I don't remember ever being this, you know, skinny since I was like in high school. So, but then I started doing more research. And I come to find out, well, gosh, getting skinny and losing a bunch of weight is one thing. Having six-pack abs is uh, kind of a whole new level of it. You got to like really dial stuff in. So it's like, oh man, now I got to re, do I really want this? And actually one of the blog posts I was reading of this guy, he's like, you should stop and ask yourself, do I really want this? Because it's a whole new level of pain <laughs> and hunger and uh, working out and energy and all this whole thing. And it's like, man, I thought that if I just lost all this weight, which already was a heck of a lot of work and time and energy and stress and, uh, you know, if I'm being honest, right? Stress and hunger and crankiness, hangry, hanger. Um, do I really want to keep pushing and get these six pack abs? And it's like, heck yeah, I do. I didn't lose all this weight for nothing, gosh darn it. And um, so I started doing more research and setting better goals and adjusting them as I got a better sense of what was realistic for me. So this is kind of the process, right? Is we start with what we think is achievable, or maybe it's a stretch goal. And as we gather more information, we may need to adjust. Maybe you need a coach or we need a coach for that specific thing. So for me, I did not get a uh, nutrition coach or anything like that. Um, what I did actually the first time I really wanted to lose a lot of weight was that's when I started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That was my, for me, a good enough coach because I, I did not – Want, it, it did not get me excited to think about like, hey, I'm going to go and see a nutritionist and they're going to tell me what to eat and then I'm going to go to a gym and work out. Like that just did not interest me at all. It's like if I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to do something awesome. So jiu-jitsu looks awesome. I'm going to try it. And then I did. I fell in love with it. And here I am five years later still doing that. So, but then with our second child, I put weight on again. And I was still training jiu-jitsu, but now I could only train one day a week because I have two kids now. I have way less time. But I still don't want to go to the gym. I still don't have time for the gym. I still don't want to see nutritionists. So this is research I did on my own. So the goals, I started with what I thought might be realistic. I adjusted as I went and I kept taking action. So for you, what things do you want to improve? What things do you 
want, what areas of your life are you looking to set goals around? How can you break them down so that you can, there's some little thing you can do every day that will move you toward that thing? And what is that thing that will move you toward that goal? So break it down into actionable steps that can be broken up into become daily habits. This is a really, really crucial idea. Okay. How can you schedule it into your day or into your week or into your month, depending on what you're trying to do, so that you are naturally, automatically moving towards your goal? And that's it. It's kind of, on the one hand, like really simple and obvious, and yet it's also super difficult and challenging because of a change, right? There's going to be some level of change. Because if we already had the thing, then we wouldn't need to change anything. But if we don't have the thing, then something's got to change. So what is that change? And are we really willing to do it? And a lot of times I think that people start with a certain idea about a kind of change they want to make. And then they get into it and realize, ah, these are just go back to what I had before. Good is the enemy of great. Oh, I'm comfortable. Eh. Why stretch myself? Why work harder? Why get out of my comfort zone? I'm fine where I'm at. This is good enough. Okay, cool. So, I've been going on for a good while. That's, uh, but I love this stuff. You know, this is how you literally change your life. You find the thing that you want. You look for a model, somebody that's already done it or is doing it, and model them if you can. You can't model them specifically. Maybe you, you know, take ideas from it. Maybe you synthesize your own version, your own plan, and then you work your plan. If you're looking for support, other people that are interested in doing the same kind of thing, I would encourage you to go to findyourflow.com forward slash member and join our book club. It's a great place to find like minds, people that are also trying to do improvement, self-improvement, self-help, and hold each other accountable. You can find an accountability buddy and make improvements in your life. So that's it for today, friend. I hope you got something awesome out of that and you're starting to see ways that you can have whatever you want in life. If you really want it bad enough and if you make a plan and you work it, you can do it. So go get them. Go make it happen. And until next time, my friend, be flowing. Well, thanks for listening, friend. By the way, do you have a story that you would like to share with other flowers? Maybe you'd like to put it in a book. Well, go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club and learn how you can publish your own book or become a published author in the Find Your Flow book series. Simply go to findyourflow.com forward slash author club, all one word, and be sure to join the free Facebook group while you're at it. Thanks, friend. And until next time, be flowing.